0: Welcome to the audacity to podcast episode 188 how much time does it take to podcast Thank you for joining me for the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is the award-winning how-to podcast about podcasting. It's where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. A Big question among podcasters, either those who are starting out or those who are already in it and may be struggling or maybe looking for ways to improve, is... How much time does it take to podcast? How much time should I be taking to podcast? What's the ideal amount of time that I should be looking based on what I want to do? And this is something that I think is one of the top expectations that podcasters have is that it won't take much time to podcast and therefore it will be really easy. They often think, I just will record My podcast, sit down for an hour, say some things in the podcast, and then that's it. Just one hour per week. That's all that the podcast needs. That is totally not true. But I am also going to share with you some ways on kind of the flip side of thinking of how do you slow down and complicate your workflow, but also share how can you speed up your workflow. I've talked a lot about tools that optimize your workflow and different things that you can find on the website at theaudacitytopodcast.com. But here I'll be talking about, in general, how can you speed up the time that it takes you to produce a podcast from nothing to a finished, published, promoted podcast episode. Just a few basic tips. And I'm also going to share with you how much time I spend on the separate podcast that I produce to give you a little bit of an idea of what it looks like for me To be podcasting, and I'm doing this this month because September is the home to National Podcast Day, September 30th. Check it out at nationalpodcastday.com. I'm one of the organizers for this, and it will be a great event. And there are many different ways that you can participate in this. One of the big things that can be a lot of fun is video yourself talking to someone and just ask them what's your favorite podcast? Don't explain what a podcast is. Don't ask first if they know what a podcast is. Just find someone and ask them, what's your favorite podcast? And let's see what the results would be from that. I'm really looking forward to some of the fun we'll have with this because there've already been some great videos that we've seen come out from this. So check that out over at nationalpodcastday.com. And this month, I'm going to be giving you a little bit of an inside look into some of the ways that I podcast throughout the episodes in September. So I'll share with you my basic workflow and how much time it takes me to produce the different podcasts that I host as part of Noodle Mix Network. But first, let's start with looking at how much time it does actually take to do an audio podcast. It's a four to one ratio and that is four minutes of work for every one minute of content. Audio podcasting is easier than video podcasting on several different levels that allow it to be a smaller work ratio, and yes, that is a smaller work ratio. I'll talk about video in a minute, but audio equipment costs less, it's easier to get high quality Audio recordings for a low price. Audio is easier and cheaper to edit. You can use free software like Audacity and not have to pay anything to edit the audio. Audio costs less to host and distribute. Audio is more consumable. People can listen to it while they're driving, while they're mowing, while they're walking, while they're doing other things. Audio is also more seamless whenever you're editing it. It's very easy to edit the audio so that no one notices A glitch or if you say um and then you edit that out it's very easy to do that and no one would even know that was there there are some other tricks that you can do that make it seem seamless without anyone ever realizing that you had to edit something out there but even though audio podcasting is easier it does still take time that's where that four to one ratio comes in four minutes of work for every 1 minute of content. So a 1 minute podcast episode would be a total of 5 minutes. 4 minutes of work, 1 minute of content. Now, where you distribute that work is really up to you and it depends a lot on how prepared are you to present your information. The more prepared you are, the more work you do before you record, generally the less work you'll have to do after you record. So the more I prepare ahead of time, I get my thoughts out, I have an outline, I have all of my notes and resources together, I have my sound clips, the more I do that before I press the record button, then that's less editing I have to do afterward or fewer things inside of the episode that I have to pause to try and find something to look for something or I make an awkward moment in the audio because I forgot something or I didn't have it in front of me and I need to go find it and then I need to edit that spot out. Less preparation means that on the other side of your recording, you'll end up doing more editing, more writing of the show notes. Here's the cool thing with my workflow is because I put most of my time the audacity to podcast before i press record i have very little that i need to do after i record the show notes are basically already written because i start by writing my show notes and that helps me give a better presentation in the audio as well so i don't have to write my show notes after i've recorded there are certain things like an interview guest co-host or certain other things like that where i might write the show notes afterward but in general i do it before so I have less work to do afterward. So audio editing is about a four-to-one ratio. If you look at your own schedule of how much time it takes you to produce a podcast and your amount of time that you're spending is higher than this, maybe you're an eight-to-one, a ten-to-one, or even worse than that, then maybe there are some things that you need to drastically change in order to make your audio editing workflow a lot better and be able to put an episode out more quickly and not spend so much time on the production, on the editing, and on other things. Video podcasting is a much bigger ordeal. That's an eight or larger to one ratio. It's much bigger, much more difficult than audio editing because in video podcasting, Well, video equipment costs more because not only do you need good audio gear, but you also need good video gear because the most important thing about video is to have good audio. So you need good audio and for a great video, having good audio also often means having different kinds of microphones because you wouldn't really want a big microphone right in front of your face in a video that won't make a good video so you need something else a microphone that you can have out of the frame or a microphone that's small enough like a lavalier microphone so video equipment just costs more and it's also harder to get high quality video for a low price yes there are certain ways ways that you can skimp on things you might be able to use your smartphone camera you can use a open window as lighting for your video but It is still harder to get that high quality for a low price. And effective video editing often requires more expensive software. Yes, there is Windows Movie Maker or there is iMovie for Mac. But really to edit video well and make it look really well, sometimes you need something a bit more powerful or simply just to make the right kind of video output file. Or high definition, you need more powerful software sometimes. Video also costs more to host and distribute, especially if you're publishing in high definition. That costs a lot more than audio. A single audio episode could be 30 megabytes, but a single video episode could be a couple hundred megabytes or even a gigabyte or more. Video is also less consumable. People can't or shouldn't watch video while they're mowing the yard, while they're jogging, while they're working, while they're driving in the car. Video editing also takes a lot of work and extra footage in order to make your editing look seamless. Like B-roll footage can layer over spots where you do an edit, but if you don't have something to cut to and then cut back to your video then people will see a pop. They might not hear it, but they'll see it where you pop from one location to another. That's why sometimes it can be good to change camera angles, change your position more drastically, so it seems like it's an intentional edit. But sometimes even then, it might be a little bit too disjointed because of how harsh the edit looks while the camera is still in the same spot. And video also has more layers that require editing it's not just what you're hearing it's what you're seeing it is stuff like the lower thirds your transitions from one thing to another b-roll footage that you have to record if you're going to use it you have to record it that is you don't have to use b-roll footage but you if you're going to use it you got to record that somehow things you need to display on the screen screenshots switching between cameras or switching from your camera to your screen if you're doing some kind of screencast. Video is a lot more work for podcasting than for audio. And because of all of these things, and there are many other layers to this that make video a lot more complicated, factor in at least an 8 to 1 ratio, 8 minutes of work for every 1 minute of content. So if you want a well-produced 15-minute video without doing anything fancy, it could easily take you an additional 2 hours to prepare and produce that video. Just a short video. And I see it commonly take much longer than 8 minutes for every 1 minute of video. I've, With some of my own videos that I've done, I've run into issues where it was 16 minutes for every 1 minute of video. It takes a lot more work to do video because there are a lot more details that need to look good in your video. You don't have to spend that much time, but if you want it to look good, that means spending more time and more time in video than audio. So, audio is about a four to one ratio. That's a good target. Video is about an eight to one ratio. That's a pretty good target for video. So, factor that in when you're thinking, oh, yeah, I'm going to do a one hour video podcast every week. It's not just your one hour unless you're completely comfortable with just going to the microphone, presenting stopping, uploading, and pressing publish. Even that takes probably about 50% more time than what it takes you to present. But you have to be extremely good at presenting. You have to know your content extremely well. You have to be able to improvise, think on your feet, all of these things. And so all of that comes from a lifetime of experience of being able to do that. It's like there's a pianist I've heard of, Larry Dalton is his name, and he's done some orchestral work and some cool compositions that I've appreciated and respected in the past. And he has a music album that is where he went into this recording studio, sat down to the piano, and played and improvised everything. You might think, whoa, that's awesome. He just sat down for an hour and recorded several different songs and had a music album. Yeah, that's awesome. It took him years to get to that point. So for you to get to the point where you can just sit down, record, press stop, upload and publish will take years of practice and work. That doesn't mean you won't ever be there. But even if you get there, the people who have the ability to do that still prepare. They still try to work out what is it that I want people to receive in this episode How can I communicate that best? What's the illustration I need to bring to this? What research do I need to do to make sure I'm presenting factual information? So even if you have that great skill, you still have to put in the labor to make this well. And by the way, speaking of labor, today is actually Labor Day when I'm recording this, and that's why I decided to make this episode about the work it takes to podcast or the time it takes to podcast. So let's look at the negative side of this before we look on the bright side. How to complicate your podcasting work. This is the stuff you should do if you don't want to live a life outside of working on your podcast. And all you want to do is slave over the minute details of your podcast, editing it down to just the right thing. Here are five things you can do to complicate your podcasting work and thus ruin your life. Number one, try to be perfect. This was my biggest struggle when I started podcasting with The Ramen Noodle, my clean comedy podcast that I still host today. I was trying to be perfect. I would script my episodes, then I would go back and embellish the descriptions, add a lot more humor to the story, then I'd go back and edit it and reread it and edit and reread and edit, and then I would perform it. And because I was performing it according to a script, if I had the slightest mistake, I would need to redo a sentence or a paragraph. That meant making a lot more edit points for myself. So back then, The Ramen Noodle was a 15-minute podcast, and it would take me at least eight hours to do the podcast. That was horrendous. I wouldn't wish that on my greatest Enemy. That is not a four to one ratio. That's not an eight to one ratio. That is a 32 to one ratio. Eight hours for about a 15 minute show. That was horrible. I was trying to be perfect. That's why it took me two years to release only nine episodes. So if you want to complicate your podcasting work, then number one, try to be perfect. Number two, don't plan ahead. Just go up to the microphone, say whatever you want. You can edit it in post. Don't worry. You can spend hours and hours editing it to perfection. Number three, edit out every mistake. So you didn't plan ahead. Okay, good job. And because you didn't plan ahead, you've got a lot of mistakes in your audio. You didn't quite say that the way you think came across very well. You say um a whole lot. Definitely say um a lot in your recording because that really helps when you want to complicate your podcasting work. And don't really think through things very well. Say that you have three points and then forget the third one or actually end up talking about four different points. This is what you need to do to complicate your podcasting work. Number three, edit every mistake. Number four, edit in your sound clips. Don't worry about live mixing your sounds. Put those things in afterward. And in fact, put in more sound effects than you actually need. Maybe put in a little beep every time there's a paragraph pause. Or have intro music and outro music and all of the stuff that goes in on the background. Certain sound effects and Bumpers and all of the stuff that it'll make it sound really good. Edit this all in afterward because you don't have time to mess with that while you're recording. And number five, do everything yourself because no one really knows your content like you do. You know exactly what needs to be edited, you know how to make this perfect and pristine. So do it all yourself. These are five ways that you can complicate your podcasting work. And I highly recommend that you don't do these five things. If you are doing any of these, stop it. So let's look at the bright side of this. How to simplify your podcasting work. Number one, plan and prepare. This is the most important thing for really anything in life that you want to be a success. It's been said several ways and by several people, failing to plan is planning to fail. So you need to know what you're going to say and how you'll transition between your points before you present them. Plan to succeed. Have a plan for how you're going to share your content. Have everything that you think you'll need ready for you. Sure, there are the things here and there where you won't realize until you're actually talking that there was a certain resource that you wanted. But if you planned and prepared enough ahead of time and maybe even rehearsed ahead of time, then you might know, oh, this is another thing that I should consider as you review your information. By the way, I have a checklist of 20 things you should do before every episode of your podcast. If you want to download that free printable PDF so you can checkmark it yourself or put it on a whiteboard or checkmark it in PDF form or anything like that, Go to the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash time to download that PDF from the show notes for this episode number 188. So that's number one, plan and prepare. Number two, look for patterns you can create and then automate them. You can make templates, follow some kind of regular outline and flow for your episodes or use any kind of tools that you can get your hands on to Automate the mundane tasks for you. If you always have your show notes that have an intro paragraph, a heading, a paragraph, a heading, a paragraph, bullet points, podcast review, thanks, all of that stuff. If you have any kind of pattern like that, make a template out of it. Simple Content Templates is a plugin I use for WordPress. And I've got a link to that in the show notes at com slash time And that is a plugin that allows you to create a starting template. So you're not duplicating past podcast posts, but you create a template and then just add to it as you need to. That's number two. Look for patterns you can create and then automate them. Number three, use equipment to simplify your workflow. This is why you should get a mixer or a certain audio processing equipment like a compressor limiter gate or a better preamp. This kind of stuff reduces how much work you need to do afterward. Like I don't need to run a software compressor on my audio because my hardware compressor limiter gate does a really good job of handling it for me. Now I do run one audio effect right now on my audio and even as I'm getting into looking at loudness normalization standards and like negative 16 luffs and true peaking at minus one decibel true peak and that kind of stuff, I'm still looking at ways I can do that with just a single audio processing step instead of having to run through a bunch of other steps because my compressor limiter gate is handling the compression for me. That's evening out the loud spots and the quiet spots. My mixer allows me to live mix in music and sound effects and bumpers and such into my recordings so I don't have to edit that in afterward. And remember, a quality microphone in a good recording environment, that doesn't mean you have to have a studio, a professional studio, but a good recording environment with a good microphone also means that you won't have to do any kind of noise reduction or equalization or extra post-processing after you've already recorded. So that's number three, use equipment to simplify your workflow. Number four, don't try to be perfect. Edit out only the major distractions and let the rest of your presentation be authentic. If being truly authentic is not good enough for you, then improve your presentation skills. If you realize, oh, I say um way too many times, then stop it. (laughs) Stop saying um so much. Work really hard to get better at doing that. If you want to improve your presentation skills, practice presenting at places host something at your local library you could just do something like how to start a podcast or how to edit with audacity or how to start a blog or how to use twitter think of something you could share at a local library or some kind of meetup group and that can give you great practice opportunities join something like a local speakers group like toastmasters or something else any way that you can to practice your presentation skills will carry over in so many other ways of your life because it is working on your communication, even if it means getting a family member or a friend to sit down in front of you while you stand in front of them and give them a five-minute monologue. That can really help your presentation skills. It can also be really stressful because there's an audience of one. So when you make eye contact, you're making eye contact with only one person none of this just bouncing around the room pretending you're making eye contact they would actually know it so this is number four don't try to be perfect edit out only those major distractions and it's okay if there are some other flaws inside here and there if you need to edit things to make it closer to perfect that's when number five really comes in but even then still consider this number five delegate some things get some help. This is one of the points that I brought up in my talk at Podcast Movement 2014. I shared 10 ways to podcast from average to amazing. Basically, Podcast Masterclass, a month-long course, squeezed down to about 35 minutes. And one of the points that I brought up as a way to take your podcast from average to amazing is to involve other people. That doesn't mean you have to pay them. But don't be afraid to pay other people to do things for you. This could be a volunteer that does something or someone that you do pay, a virtual assistant, an audio editor, a video editor, someone who takes photos for you to put in your notes or adds some links for you. Anything like that, manages your WordPress site or anything that you can do to simplify your process and let someone else do what they are good at so you can do what you are good at doing. Another way of looking at this is that you don't have to be the one to always come up with the original content. You could go out to your community and ask for content ideas. Ask your community, what questions do you have about this? And then that might give you a list of questions that you can answer in your episodes. Or you can ask for, hey, what are your ideas of how to do this? Or what are your favorite things here? Or what are your top for this particular thing? Or what's your theory? Incorporating feedback is a great way of delegating some of your preparation to your podcast because you aren't having to come up with that content yourself. You're coming up with the response to someone else's content. So look for ways to delegate some things. That's number five. So these five ways to simplify your podcasting workflow. Number one, plan and prepare Number two, look for patterns you can create and then automate them. Number three, use equipment to simplify your workflow. Number four, don't try to be perfect. And number five, delegate some things. I'd love to hear your thoughts on how you simplify your podcasting workflow and some of the ways that you've struggled to manage your time in order to podcast and what your experience has been of how long it takes you to podcast, if nothing else. Please go to the show notes at the audacity podcast.com slash time and tell me how long does it take you to produce how long of an episode? So, if you have a 30 minute episode, how many hours or how many minutes does it take you from starting point nothing whatsoever to having a finished published episode that you've shared appropriately and promoted appropriately? How long does it take you between those two things? either spread across days or actual minutes would be great. Comment on the show notes at com slash time. That's also where you can get my checklist for 20 things you should do before every episode. Now let me tell you about how I work. Give you a little bit of a behind-the-scenes look of three different podcasts that I host because they have three different workflows to them very much. The Audacity to Podcast, Once, Once Upon a Time Podcast, and the Ramen Noodle Clean Comedy Podcast. These three shows have very different workflows, but they are regular shows that I host. And for the sake of discussion, we'll assume that this is during the Once Upon a Time TV season. So first, an inside look at my general workflow for the Audacity to Podcast. If you want the links that I'm going to mention, because there are several links and products, go to the show notes, com slash time for episode 188. So first, I start by collecting ideas and developing some of these ideas inside of Evernote. I do this throughout the week. Every day, whenever I get an idea, I jot it down, add it to that list of episodes, and I'm keeping track of this in Evernote. Sometimes I will take a particular idea and develop it a little bit. And this happens at the strangest moments where I'll be sitting somewhere and just Boom. Again, idea of, oh, here are three resources a podcaster should use to grow their audience. Or here are five things that only cost $5 but are worth $500, (laughs) whatever, anything like that. So I might come up with that idea or maybe I just come up with a title idea or a basic content concept. I jot that down inside of Evernote and I definitely like having Evernote Premium because I have bigger upload limits and a lot of other stuff I can do with that. Then, on Monday mornings, starting at eleven o 'clock, I stop whatever i 'm doing in that morning or I try to, and I switch over to working on the audacity to podcast. This is the time that is scheduled for me to prepare for the audacity to podcast eleven a m to one fifty nine p m because I go live with the audacity to podcast at two p m on monday 's Eastern time over at the dot com slash live then While I'm doing this, during that 11 o'clock hour and on, I decide on my topic, if I haven't already decided it, and then I outline what I'm going to share. At this same time, as soon as I know what my topic is going to be and in general how I'm going to approach it, like is this a how-to, is this a list item, is this something else, am I answering a question, what kind of stuff and what kind of text can I use to promote this? I then send or schedule messages to my social networks. And I use Buffer to do this, to post to Facebook, Twitter, Google+, and other places. And I encourage my audience to then come and listen live, which many of them sometimes do on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. In WordPress, I start a draft post using Simple Content Templates, a plugin that allows me to create a template. And so it already has my basic sections on there. And I start writing my notes then into it. While I'm writing, I add the necessary hyperlinks in any kind of formatting. And I say I add the formatting now because it's a lot easier now that I use Markdown for writing my show notes. I use the Jetpack module for Markdown. And I wrote a blog post all about five ways that Markdown helps you write more quickly. That's over at my personal blog, danieljlewis.net but you can get the link in the show notes for this episode at com slash time. I also collect any information I need and any research I need to do as well while I'm writing the notes. And while I'm writing my notes, I'm thinking about how am I going to say this? What other things does this inspire me to say? What offshoots of thought do I need to record in this? Next, I... Arrange my notes and the outline in the most logical flow. Sometimes that's easy, sometimes it's a little bit hard, and sometimes it's completely different from what I originally expected to do. Next, I reread my notes and add any additional thoughts or resources and make sure that my transition points are good, that I have everything that I need, that most of my links that I need to refer to are already there so I don't have to try and find them later, or so that I can know to say the link for this is in the show notes. Then at 2 o'clock p.m., I present and I record the podcast live, live streaming over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash live. While I'm presenting the podcast episode, I hit the record button on my Zoom H4N, which is the recording device for the audio currently, and that places a marker On spots that I definitely want to be edited. There have been a couple markers that I've placed in this episode where it was a moment that I stumbled over something. I realized I wasn't saying this the correct way. I said something completely wrong. Something like that. An actual major distraction. But I'm not going to remove the slight slips. I don't need to make this perfect. I just want to mark the distracting spots. Then by about 11 o'clock I'm finished recording the episode. So then I copy or move the audio files from the SD card in my Zoom H4n over to my computer. Then I use Adobe Audition to convert these two stereo recordings because my Zoom H4n records in four channels. So I have one stereo voice track and one stereo soundtrack. I convert these to mono with Adobe Audition because other tools lose those markers that the H4N placed. So I have to use Adobe Audition for this. Converts it into the mono files and keeps these markers in it. Then I put those recordings, two WAVE files, into a new episode folder on Dropbox, and I share that with my audio editor, John Buchanis. And he does a great job with this. We both have Dropbox. And in fact I've got Dropbox Pro. I've had it for a while and I'm thrilled that now there's one terabyte of storage. On Dropbox Pro, which just amazes me because that's twice the size of my computer's hard drive. So I could put my entire computer's hard drive in Dropbox and only fill half the space. It's really cool that I think that makes Dropbox totally worth the $100 per year. And I've got a link in the show notes to Dropbox if you don't know what that is. But John is my editor. So he will then edit the audio for me. So by about 315, I've got the audio file uploaded or files uploaded and he can start working on that once those files download. While he's working on that, I work on finalizing my show notes with any kind of relevant tags, SEO stuff, links, images, especially a featured image which can sometimes take me way too much time. That's something I really should look at delegating. I'm learning here along the way myself. But that featured image is very important to me that it be relevant and communicates what this podcast episode is about. By around four o'clock, I either move on to engaging in podcasting social media communities or I write or finish my email that goes out to my exclusive list for podcasters and i use mailchimp by the way for my email list and i schedule that message after i've written it and it has a little blurb about my most recent blog post my most recent video and my most recent audio podcast episode i schedule that to send the next day that's tuesday at 11 a.m and then i'm finished with my email because that latest blog post podcast episode and all of that stuff gets pulled from an rss feed so i don't have to write that or worry about the links working by the time that the email goes out. Then by around five thirty or 6 on Monday, John is finished editing the episode. So I give it a quick glance, just making sure that the major problem points that I marked were fixed, and that I'm happy with that. And I look at the beginnings and the ends to make sure that the transitions look fine. And any other spots where I am just Curious and making sure that it seems okay. I don't listen completely back to it because I trust John. He's very talented and I trust his discretion on things. I'll sometimes give him specific tips on please remove this section or things like that. But in general, when I place my markers in the recordings, he knows what to do with them. He can hear me say something and then mess up and then say it again properly. And that's right where the marker is. So he knows. Remove that thing that happened just before. So I just look over, just give a quick glance to make sure everything looks all right. Then I export an MP3 from Adobe Audition and I use ID3 Editor to add the ID3 tags. After all that is finished, I upload the file to Libsyn and then link to it in my show notes from my WordPress blog and click publish. Then the last thing I do is after I've published it, I go check it, make sure it looks all right. And then I share that post to Twitter, Facebook, Google+, StumbleUpon, LinkedIn, and Pinterest. Sometimes, depending on the content and what inspired the content, I'll even share it with specific individuals or with specific podcasting communities. I don't do this very often because I'm not in these podcasting communities just to promote my own stuff. But if it's something I truly think everyone in that podcast community needs to know, then I'll consider sharing the content out to them. And that's my workflow in general for the Audacity to Podcast. Now, the workflow that I'll give you with my other podcast will be a bit more simplified as now you know the majority of the details of things. And I'll simplify this just for the sake of discussion. But the workflow for these other shows is sometimes a little bit more complicated. So starting with Once, my Once Upon a Time podcast. Assuming this is during the TV season... Here's how the week goes because we record two episodes per week during this TV season. Sunday morning and afternoon, I schedule several social messages with Buffer to tease our followers about the coming Once Upon a Time episode. And I also encourage them to join our live chat during the Eastern time viewing of the episode and listen to our live Initial Reactions podcast episode 15 minutes after the TV show episode airs. The show starts at 8. At 7.45 p.m., I sit down at the TV. I've got my iPad and my Bluetooth keyboard, and I'm in the chat room, and I start chatting with some of the other people watching it. I make sure that uh, any other last-minute tweet I need to send goes out. And then at 8 o'clock when the show starts, I start noting any kind of major discussion points that we want to approach in our initial reactions episode. And I write these down inside of Workflowy on my iPad because that's a great app that works well on my iPad. And then I can access it on my computer back in the studio. We can also share it, and Workflowy works great for our Once Upon a Time podcast because of the way that it works and some of the cool things we can do with it. Then after the show is finished, I send out another message on social networks, some kind of reaction to the episode without giving a spoiler. Like, can you believe that Prince Charming died? We're gonna talk about that in this episode. No, nothing like that. But we'll have something a bit more vague that people who watch the episode would kind of have an idea what that is. Like, can you believe what Regina did? There's something like that that's vague, but people will be like, yeah, that's that was amazing. And encourage them then to come to our live podcast, which will then start at nine fifteen. So at nine fifteen. We go live, we share our initial incomplete thoughts on what we just saw. While we're recording, I am talking off of my general discussion points that I have and it is a little bit disjointed and our listeners know that because these are just our initial reactions. They're shorter, they're not as thorough. But while we are live streaming our recording, I have a virtual assistant, her name is Jack, and she's writing our show notes on what we say as we say it. And she's directly writing them into a WordPress post and adding the links and a couple screenshots here and there that we can have at that time with the episode just having aired and a press release and that kind of stuff. She follows our template that's from Simple Content Templates. Then we finish that podcast recording by about 945 and again I pass those recordings on to John for his quick editing because Sunday nights that priority is get this out quickly it doesn't need to be perfect it needs to be quick By about 10:30 the show notes are complete uh, and I may just have to go back and add a couple links or a photo or just double check everything and I have the completed tagged and uploaded episode of the podcast already so then I publish the podcast episode and share it on social networks but because we do two episodes per week my work doesn't stop there for that podcast. On Monday morning I download the episode from iTunes. I get the high definition version the 1080p version of this so I have paid for that subscription in iTunes to do this and then this is a secret I use M4V Gear. To convert the video into a format I can use for screenshots and sound clips. Shh, that's a secret. You can get that link for that tool that you should use over at the AudacityTopodcast.com slash time. But really is a great tool. I'm not whispering anymore here, but it does enable me to use a DRM video file in a program like Virtual Land Client or VLC Player so that I can take high-definition screenshots and also very easily drag it into my audio editor to get my sound clips. Then in the following days, I have a team of volunteers and staff who collect interesting forum posts, sort the feedback, and place all of this into our shared workflowy document for the next podcast episode. Then on Wednesday, starting at 1 o'clock, I rewatch the episode while I list and arrange the scenes in the most logical discussion order. And while I'm watching, I'm also taking notes on interesting things that I want to discuss. Sometimes I'll pause and I'll do some research on something or I'll sort the feedback while I'm going through this or capture and edit sound clips, take screenshots, edit those together as I'm going through this. That way I'm not creating a pile of stuff i will have to deal with after I watch this. I do this while I'm watching it. So I'll sometimes do it while the player is going. Sometimes I'll pause the video and edit these things. Then when I'm finished with my once podcast preparations, which is usually about four o'clock or four thirty, then I move on to my next task, which is with the other podcast I host on Wednesdays, but I'll talk about that next. At 7 o'clock, my co-host, Jeremy, and I re the episode. And this is my third or fourth time watching the episode. And we both take notes on the episode. And we're taking those notes into Workflowy so that we can take advantage of this really nice shared document format that has lists and bullet points and sub-bullet points and sub-sub-bullet points and all of this. Then at 8 o'clock, we connect with our remote co-hosts. And go live with the podcast while Jack, my assistant, one of my assistants, takes the show notes while we're talking. Then about 10 o'clock or so, we finish the recording. I share the files with John, and my co-hosts also share their files with John because we're doing a double ender on multiple levels, so they share the recordings with John too. John edits everything together, then either late at night or early the next day. So then, before noon on Thursday, I look over the show notes, the podcast editing job, and the tags—everything that I need—and I export, tag, upload, and publish the episode. Then I share it on the social networks, and that is the goal. So that by Thursday at noon, the episode is published. And last but longest podcast, episode, or longest podcast that I've been recording. It is the Ramen Noodle, my clean comedy podcast. It's kind of the simplest show to prepare for, but I always see that less preparation means less actually funny content in the episode. We can't just wing it. It doesn't work very well that way. It needs preparation of some sort. So throughout the week, I collect or note funny things, stories, stuff I find, feedback, stuff our listeners send in. Then on Wednesday after I finish preparing for One's podcast I prepare for the ramen noodle and I usually have 30 to 60 minutes to do this. Our goal for the ramen noodle is about a 30 to 45 minute episode. Sometimes it's as long as 60 minutes but we're both bringing content to the episode and sometimes we have a lot of fun just riffing off of an idea we're prepared to discuss. And I draft these notes Very, very basic notes in WordPress using my template from Simple Content Templates. At five o'clock, my co-host Jeremy comes over to have dinner with my wife and I. And this really helps break the ice and gets us both in the mood for comedy because we both might have had a tough day working or there are other stresses and it just helps us be more casual with each other since we're doing comedy. We go live with the comedy podcast at six o'clock and then we finish at 7 o'clock and this is over at noodle.mx live. As soon as we're finished I try to immediately share the recording files with John so that he can start editing those or at least he has them but then I move on to re-watching Once Upon a Time and preparing for that podcast which is going to happen next. The next morning I look over John's edits, finish my show notes, and then publish that episode And I share that episode to my social accounts and then move on to publishing our once podcast episode. So those are my basic workflows for each of the podcasts. There are a lot of other tools along the way, a lot of other things I do. But in short, that's how I do it and how I manage my time. So one thing that you can see, for example, is with the audacity to podcast, I'm spending at least three hours in preparation for every podcast episode definitely three hours of solid writing preparing just before I record but there's also the time throughout the week where I might be preparing in other ways jotting down ideas developing ideas in random ways reading responding to feedback discussing things in communities and getting ideas but then after I record so maybe a 30 to 45 minute or so episode then after I record it does take more work to promote it to add all the final details and get that thing published. So all total, with the Audacity podcast, I am working about four hours for a one-hour podcast. When I handed off the editing of the Audacity podcast to John, that does free me up to do what I would otherwise do better. So it's not like I'm spending less time. It's I'm doing the other things I wanted to do along with the podcast Better, and then he's editing the episode better than I would have been editing it because I would have only edited out the major distractions. And in fact, I would let more stuff slip by if I was the one editing it because I didn't want to try to make it sound the best that it could. But when I have him edit it, I do let myself correct certain things if I really think it's necessary and I place those markers. So I'm still spending the same amount of time as before, but now my time is better spent on the things that I can do better, and there is definitely space for other stuff that I can delegate in this process. I'd love to hear from you how long it takes you to edit a podcast episode. From nothing to published and promoted, how long does that take you? Please comment on the show notes over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash podcast time. I've got one basic announcement for you, but it has a few points to it. That basic announcement is I really want you to download my checklist that is 20 things you should do before every podcast episode. I also call this the podcast episode pre-flight checklist. These are 20 things. Actually, it's more like 100 things on the list when you get into the subpoints. but things that you should check or do before every single podcast episode. Stuff like turn off the air conditioner, close the doors, silence your cell phones, turn up the volume, make sure live stream is running and quality settings are correct. All of that kind of stuff. After you get the checklist, then that puts you on my email list. And right now during the month of September, I'm doing a little mini series of exclusive tips on my email list about search engine optimization for podcasters. So definitely Get on the list to be part of that. If you join after a Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and you want the previous email, just email me, feedback at podcast.com, and I'll make sure that you get that previous email or previous emails, or the next time you receive an email, you'll be able to see the archive of past emails. And stay on the list, please, because I'm going to continue sending podcasting tips, and also first access to my upcoming resources. I'm working on something that I'm really excited about. It's going to launch in early October, a simple resource, but I think you will love it and it will help you grow your podcast and be found by more people. So all of that you can get in the show notes over at audacity slash podcast time. Big thanks to Lisa Cummings from the 100k Career Q&A podcast for the kind rating and review in iTunes. Your written reviews really encourage me and they help other people find the podcast. So if you appreciate the podcasting information I share, would you please consider writing a review for me? You can do it on iTunes and Stitcher. Just go to theaudacitypodcast.com slash iTunes or theaudacitypodcast.com slash Stitcher to write that review there. And if you'd like to get your podcast reviews emailed to you automatically and learn how to grow your audience with reviews, then check out mypodcastreviews.com. I'd love to help you launch or improve your podcast. Please let me know what I can do either through the podcast or maybe some one-on-one consulting services that I offer. Email feedback at podcast.com or call and leave a voicemail with your email address at 903 231 Two 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 one, or send a voice message through the website, the audacity to podcast.com. Now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. I'm Daniel J. Lewis from the audacity to podcast.com. Thank you for listening. The Audacity to Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. The Audacity to Podcast is also a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Find more at techpodcasts.com.